And this morning I want to talk to you about born guilty. Born guilty in Romans 3.23. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Romans 3.23 in the New Testament toward the back a little bit. Romans 3.23. And this is a classic scripture. Part of the Romans row. Romans 3.23. And as most of you know, before I read that scripture, as most of you know here at Orchardville Church, we've, been, we've taken on the task of, of Judgment House. And it is a major project. And the reason we do that is because we were born guilty. That's why we're having Judgment House. The Judgment House is not necessarily for the Orchardville Church, although we have seen some fruit from that already, you know, getting to know people better and visiting with people and hanging out and, and the camaraderie that goes with that. But Judgment House really isn't to benefit Orchardville Church. Of course, you know, we might pick up uh, a few, uh, you know, a few congregants from it. We might pick up a few, but we just hope we don't care where they end up going to. We just want them to get saved and go to some church and, you know, and serve the Lord for the rest of their life. That's really all we want. But the reason that we chose to take on Judgment House is for the guilty. For those that were born guilty. And believe it or not, I know this kind of goes against some people's uh, theology. But the truth is that each and every one of us, we were born guilty. We were born into a world, a fallen world that is nowhere near the way God designed it today as the way he designed it when he created it. Because sin entered in and the world fell. Saturday morning, I was with a, a friend of mine and we was working and I asked him, I said, do you ever think about eternity? And he very simply said, I try not to. And I don't think he was trying to be funny. I think he was serious. He tries not to. You know, I think that he knew. He knew about his sins and about his past. You know, after I got saved and received Christ as my Lord and Savior, it took me a while to forgive myself. It took me a while to understand that, that God had forgiven me what I had done to my family and my wife and my children and my parents and those around me that cared about me. I had this guilt that hung, hung around me because I didn't understand the magnitude of God's love and the magnitude of God's grace. And I just thought, you know, that, that I'll never get rid of that. I'll, I'll carry that for the rest of my life. And although there are responsibilities and there are consequences that come with our past sin, in God's eyes, when he looks at us, he does not see our sin no more after you receive Christ. When he calls your name or someone calls your name in prayer, the first thing that pops into God's mind is not your past sin. All right? I'm going to throw water this morning or something. You're asleep. You guys have hid all the water from me. 
What? Throw at him, don't hit him. But it's true. It's true. And of course, the devil is so good about bringing up all of our little slip-ups and all of our little mistakes and, and re- trying to remind us of, of who we used to be and maybe even last week of the, of the slip-up that you had. But you know, if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is not what God thinks about when, when he thinks about you. He thinks of you as a child. Those of you that have children and have grandchildren, you know the warm spot that your children have for you. And that's what God thinks about, and that's the feeling he gets, except you might even say that feeling, except it's on steroids even, because his love is so much greater. But you know, nobody wants to be found guilty. Nobody wants to think of themselves as being guilty. Mankind, I'll just say what I know. Addicts are the world's worst at denial. They can lose everything they have. But if you ask them, I'm doing okay. Lost my house, lost my family, lost my job. How you doing? I'm doing okay. But you know, it's the same way as not, not just addicts with, with, with most of us. We don't want to be confronted with the things that we do wrong. No one does. I'll tell you what, I don't like to, I know you won't believe this probably, but every once in a while I get to talking so fast that I'll misquote a scripture or something like that. And I hate it when Monday morning rolls around and Carlin says, (laughs) he looks at me and shakes his head and I know exactly what he's getting ready to tell me. And I'll say, no, I didn't, did I? He says, mm. yeah, you did it again. Oh, I hate it when I do that. I don't mean to. Sometimes I just get to going too fast. But we don't like to be confronted with that. <laughs> Is there any speeders in here? Anybody in here that drives faster than you should? Hey, well, there's nothing wrong with it, and, and, you know, as long as you don't get caught, right? Probably not. Hey, you, uh, you teenagers, can you step out for a little bit? <laughs> because you should not speed. Okay. We got that taken care of. We don't have to worry about them speeding. No, but, you know, you know I try to keep it a reasonable speed. <laughs> All right. I don't know why I started talking about this. <laughs> Surely I've got something else in my notes I can talk about. All right. I use a 10, 10 mile an hour rule. That's what I use. 10 or less. 10 or less. And all is fine, you know, until we get stopped, right? And then it's like, oh man, officer. I really wasn't going that fast or, you know, I've got some place to be. I got to hurry and get there. Hey, we got stopped one time coming back from Indiana and the cops stopped us, but we really did have a good excuse. We were late for a wedding rehearsal and he let us off. But also I had a better story than that. We had went over to see 
someone in a halfway house. Who I forget who it was. Someone in a halfway house. So I had a really good story. I was coming from a halfway house, hurrying home for a wedding rehearsal, and he says, just go ahead. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. But you know, nobody wants to come to the realization that we've done wrong. Nobody wants to do that. I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. But the truth is that we were all born guilty. The truth is we have to do something with our sins. We have to do something. Now, let me, let me back up just a minute because we don't have to. No, we don't have to do something with our sins. But God wants us to do something with our sins. Now, think just for a moment, if you had a friend in the courthouse, of course, this would never happen in Wayne County. So we'll talk about Jefferson County. No, it wouldn't happen there either. Somewhere in Chicago, if you got a ticket and you had a friend in Chicago in the courthouse, you say, hey, uh, I just got a ticket. Can you take care of that for me? And they said, sure. And you'd say, whoop, thank you. Would anybody make that call? Come on, you liars. One person, <laughs> Becky. I knew Becky would tell me the truth. All right. Okay, you might not do it for yourself, but would you do it for your kid? Sure you would. Yeah, because we'll do more for our kids a lot of times than we'll do it for ourselves. So if you have someone that you can call and get you out of that situation, would you do it? Yeah. What if you sit before a judge? And uh, you're sitting before the judge and, you, and, and you're pretty sure that you're getting ready to be found guilty. But, and you was guilty, but you know of this one lawyer that could get you off. Or you know of another lawyer that you was pretty sure he wasn't going to do nothing for you. Which would you call? You're going to call the one that will get you off. You know what? I have never been asked this. I have never been asked this question. See if any of you have. Have you ever been asked, do you guys know the name of a bad lawyer? Does anybody? You just know the name of a bad lawyer? No. No, you're never asked that. <laughs> you know the name of a bad lawyer? <laughs> Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> so if anybody wants to know a name of a bad lawyer, someone over here knows one, okay? <laughs> someone over here knows the name of a bad lawyer. All right. But no, we want, if there's any way we can get off, that's what we want to do. You know, a lot of times we even feel bad about that. We feel bad because we made that mistake. Sometimes, you know, we feel bad. We know we was driving too fast. I know I was, but I was in a hurry and I was doing this and I wasn't thinking. But we want to get off. Well, see, that's why we have Judgment House. It's so that people can get off the hook for their sins. That's why we have church here every Sunday so that someone will have the opportunity to get off the hook for spending eternity in hell. You see, if, if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, and even if you have, we were all born to guilty, 
And that's why if we're going to make heaven our home, we have to all have a Savior. Good and bad. Tall and short. We all have to have a Savior if we're going to make heaven our home. So the question is, would you make that call? Would you? The, the scripture says in Philippians 2.10, it says that every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. Let me repeat that. Every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. Now here's the thing. Every knee will bow at the name of Jesus, the one that knows the beginning from the end, the one that knows the number of hairs upon your head or <laughs> how shiny your scalp is <laughs> or if you don't have any hair. But see, he knows these things. And the Bible says that every knee will bow before him. So it don't matter if we're a good con artist, if we're a good liar, it doesn't matter. Because he knows the beginning from the end. He's the alpha and the omega, which means the beginning and the end. He knows your every thought. He knows your every sin. He knows your every habit, your every characteristic. He knows all of that. And that's who we, our knee will bow to. Let me put it like this. There won't be no con jobs going on standing at the judgment seat of Christ. There won't be no good stories, good excuses. It won't be late for a wedding rehearsal or I was late for work or anything like that. The one that knows that all, every knee will bow. John 3.18, let me read that scripture to you. John 3.18, it shows us that we were all born guilty. Did I ever read Romans? I didn't, did I? Romans 3.23 it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Actually, it says God's glorious standard. But sometimes the word glorious kind of gets us off track. So just pull that word out for just a minute. And it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. And here's where the glorious comes in. Jesus is our standard. He is the one that we're compared against. And Jesus was glorious. And everything that God has is glorious. And everything God is, is glorious. So it tells us that we have all sinned and fallen short. John 3.18, it says... He who believes in him, now this is talking about a believer that has received Christ. He who believes in Jesus is not judged. You know why? Because they've made that phone call to that place. They've made that phone call to God that 
saying that they need help, that they need someone to get them out of this situation. They need someone to take that sin away from them. They need someone to help them in this time of, of crisis, this time when they have to knee, uh, bow before, the, before Christ. They need someone to help them in that time. It goes on to say, I'm going to read it again. He who believes in Jesus is not judged. But then it goes on. He who does not believe has been judged already, born guilty. You see, if we never receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we never humble ourselves and ask him to forgive us, you've already been judged. Now, some of you are probably thinking right now. Some of you are probably thinking, you know, well, I'm, I'm not that bad of a person. I haven't done that much. I, you know, uh, I, I do good. I'll tell you my personal, just my little personal brief thing. Before I got saved and found out the truth that was in the Bible, I thought I was going to heaven. I tried to be friendly. I tried to do what I could. I tried to support my family. If I had a friend or someone that needed to borrow 10 or $20, I would loan them. You know, I tried to do everything that I could within myself. But then I found out that's not enough. I mean, what am I going to do? Okay, here I am. Even the Ten Commandments, we can't even keep Ten Commandments. I couldn't keep Ten. As sweet and lovely as my wife is, she could not keep the Ten Commandments. How many of you know my son, Ori? As sweet. And gentle and kind as he is, he, can't keep, he couldn't keep the Ten Commandments. Has anybody told a lie? Absolutely. I've stole, I've stole something when I was young. I stole stuff. I'm not proud of it. I got my butt blistered for it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get away with it. But even the Ten Commandments, we cannot keep them. So that makes us guilty. So if we can't keep the Ten Commandments, we are guilty... So we're born guilty and we're all guilty. So here we are and we think that if we loan somebody or we're nice to somebody or we do good, that that's going to erase all of our bad. That's not the way sin is. You see, when, when we have things that we've done wrong, we have no way of getting rid of them on our own. The only way that we can get rid of them is to ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and forgive us and make him make us anew. And when we do that, <clears throat> most of you in here, I don't have to tell you what happens when you do that. Something changes on the inside, right? Yes. Not all of a sudden you start making wise decisions. That, that's not that's not it. We can make as dumb as decisions after we receive Christ as we did before, right? But still, when we receive Christ, even if we did make a dumb decision, we still know we're not the same on the inside. I had a man come up to me last week after church, and I seen him coming. And I, I've known this gentleman for a long time. And I looked up, he is 20 foot away, and I thought, that is not the same man that I know. He was different. He was different. He wasn't the same. His countenance was different. 
Every, the way he carried himself, he was, everything about him was different. I said all that to give each and every person in here the opportunity to step out and receive Christ this morning, to make that phone call to that person that would like to help you out of a bad situation or what could be a bad situation when your knee has to bow before the judgment seat of Christ. A way out. That's what Judgment House is all about, to offer a way out. That's what this church is about. Offer a way out. Will you all stand with me, please? Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Bow your heads, please. Let's, shall we pray? <clears throat> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we worship you today and we praise you today, Father. Father, we just thank you for your presence here and we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the volunteers that's helped this week and even this morning. And Father, we thank you, Father, for the ones that have received Christ this week and the rededications. And we thank you for trusting us uh, with them. We thank you, Father, for your presence here, for your love and your mercy as it speaks to everyone here this morning. Father, we just praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now I want to ask you this morning, you know, if you are here this morning and and you've never received Christ as a Lord and Savior, ever. Well, I just want you to know that the Bible says if you have any faith or any trust in the Bible whatsoever, this is, the Bible says that you were born guilty. The Bible says that you've already been judged. But the Scripture says... John 3 17 it says that Jesus didn't come to judge you he don't want he don't want the, you to pass through that judgment it goes on to say that Jesus came to save you from that judgment that's why he came so that you could miss that Jesus came to take care of your speeding tickets Jesus came to call up that judge and say, Judge, I've got this. Jesus came to make that call and said, They were guilty, but now I have washed them clean. That's why he came. Not to condemn you, not to look down his nose at you, not to, not to make your life miserable. But to pay for every wrongdoing you've ever done. <clears throat> you know, before I, before I found out the truth of what the Bible says, you know, I, I didn't know what God was like. And just with my mind, I thought that you know, that God possibly was just waiting for me to step out of line, you know, so that he could stomp me like a bug or 
you know, or, or put something bad on me because I done bad or something like that. But, you know, that's not what the scripture says at all. The Bible says that through all of our sin, and I'm, I'm here to tell you there's some good sinners in here, I know. But you know what? Even through all of our sin and everything we ever done wrong, the Bible says even through all of that, He still loved us. He don't condemn us. What God does do, He woos us. Kind of like you might say, kind of like we would do our children. You know, we would woo them. Come here, come here, give me a, give me a hug. Don't you know dad loves you? Come here, come here. Don't you know grandpa loves you? See, that's what God does. He woos us. Come on, come on, come on. Follow me. Love me. So if there's anyone here that's never received Christ, your Lord and Savior, if you've never had God come into your heart and change you and take out that stony heart and put in a heart of love and compassion you can do that today every head bowed and eye closed please repeat after me everyone Heavenly Father I know I've done wrong I know I've made mistakes and I'm sorry. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Make me anew. Make me a new person. I pray this name in Jesus' name. Amen. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, If you said that prayer for the very first time, will you raise your hand, please? The very first time. Anyone? For the very first time. If you want Jesus to take care of your speeding tickets, if you want Jesus to take care of your, 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 you know, your lies and your thieves and everything that you've done wrong, if you want him to take care of that for you, would you just raise your hand, please? Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm going to give two more, and then then I want you to come to the altars. Maybe you're here today, and you got saved a year ago, five years ago, or even ten years ago. And throughout this week, you've realized that you might not be living the life that you know that you should be living. I ask you to come to the altar here in just a minute. Not yet. And the second thing... If you have a need in your body, whether it's a relationships or, or an illness or you want to pray for a friend, I ask you to please come and pray for them. Pray for Judgment House. Go ahead. C- come ahead, folks. Come ahead. Come and pray for those that you love. Pray for those that are around you. There's so much, there's so much turmoil in the world today. There's so much sickness in the world today. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just love you and we praise you. Those of you, if, if, you're, if you're a believer and you're still in your seat, just bow your head and, and, and pray for the ones that you see up here. Just bow your head and pray for them. Pray for Judgment House, that the 
power of God will rest upon this place and when individuals walk in that door, they will sense His presence. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Oh, Lord, we worship you. We praise you. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.